The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all here, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the owner of Outlier Audio, Mr. Spencer Carpenter. Spencer, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Hey, thanks for having me on, Cody. I'm doing great. Yeah, absolutely. No, listen, the pleasure is all mine. I appreciate getting to know you a little bit better before we hit record. We're chatting a little bit. Your girlfriend is now my new favorite person as a Clemson fan. I, I appreciate you joining us today, man. I really do. For those that are maybe hearing your name, seeing your face for the first time on the on the video, hopefully not, but if they are, would love to get your origin story, hear a little bit more about where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you find yourself doing these days. I live about an hour south of Philadelphia, been here most of my life, and I've been in the music industry the last 15 years. And I started off just booking concerts in my hometown and then scaled that up to doing multi-day music conferences and festivals, ran a couple of record labels, a couple of venues, did some tour booking, but pretty much all the way. Along the way, I was doing talent representation. Then when COVID hit, that's when I decided to shift gears and start helping real estate investors getting booked on podcasts. But while being in music, I recognized this is a tough industry. It doesn't pay a whole lot. I've got to you know, find other ways to, to make some money. Always knew I wanted to do other things, but found you know network marketing right out of high school. Learned a little bit about rich dad, poor dad, started learning that stuff and you know, just knew that I needed at some point to like get into real estate at one point or another. I mentioned on all, all the shows and it just, it still blows my mind how awesome it is that people come from all kinds of diverse backgrounds. I think you're the first musician we've had come on the show that has dipped their toe into the real estate realm, that it doesn't matter really what you experience or did in the back, you know, before you came into real estate, as long as you have the aptitude to learn and the will and kind of the drive to to jump into it, you can really get into it at any time in your in your life, your career, whatever it is. So I absolutely love it. And I, and I love your origin story, but I, I can't imagine that with the projects that you've done, that everything's been smoothly. I know you got a, an interesting one for us today to help us educate on what maybe could go wrong and some different, uh, different stuff. So if you don't mind telling us what your unsuccess story is. So uh, a couple of buddies and I uh, decided that we wanted to buy a project. We just figured, you know, we none of us had done a project before. We just decided let's go in together. We can we can pull resources, pull ideas, that sort of thing. And it started with two of the guys. Their names are Joe and Bob. They worked for someone um, in the Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania area that owned a hundred units in Harrisburg, and they were doing a lot of research in the area. Harrisburg, while it's the capital of Pennsylvania, is more of a dead city. It's nothing like Philadelphia. It, it's just this big place. It's still there. Not much happening. But the city is trying to revitalize itself, you know, doing types of projects where if you buy a whole dilapidated block, they'll sell it to you for a dollar, uh, stuff like that. We knew, you know, they, they had this inside knowledge that this stuff was happening. And we also looked at it like there's a, there's some suburbs around Harrisburg, Philadelphia, I'm sorry, Lancaster and, and York. And these are, these are places that were starting to boom and it was heading towards Harrisburg. And we looked at it and we said, it's got transit to major cities. It's got nature 30 minutes away. It's perfect for young adults. And it has, you know, 70% of the employment is through the government. It seemed like a great spot to, for like one beds, studios, two beds, stuff like that. And so we decided we'd get into it. So we found a property. It was $110,000 for a five unit. I'm sorry, it was 130. We offered 100, settled on 110, got going. 
and we were using the we we're using the infrastructure of my partner's employer. And then the week after we closed on the property, they got fired or there was a falling out. And it created this weird conflict of interest with this property manager and this GC that we had just we had just gotten, you know, that we had been going through the whole process with. And, you know, we had to rebuild the team from there. Talk to me about, you know, y'all, y'all are looking at this project, you know, what kind of research went into determining that this was a good area? I mean, you mentioned some of the things that y'all were looking at and it had kind of some insider information, which I'm a big fan of. Like if you know areas better than others and you grew up there, if you have some insider information about just what's going on in the community, I think that's a huge leg up in that space. But what, what else kind of drove y'all to look at this area outside of some others that you mentioned? We, we knew that we were getting in on the front end. And I don't actually know how much has come of like the projects that they were looking at when they were analyzing the, the market at the time. I know that in general, central Pennsylvania has a good mom and pop support system. A lot of people like to stay in the area. And, and just looking at the employment numbers and it being you know, the government being 70% employment, we're like, it, it's going to be steady no matter what. There's not a whole lot of uh, multifamily available. And this was on the market. So we it wasn't necessarily like it, it was going to be a huge appreciation play. It was actually more of a cash flow play. And we just hoped that we were on the front end of appreciation over 10 years or so, not even like a three-year plan. So that that's why we chose it. And most people have never heard of a five unit for 130,000. So it was, you know, it was it was pretty cheap getting into it. Gotcha. So y'all get into it. You're you're you got your first kind of roadblock, stumbling block, if you will. What kind of goes out or what happens next? when y'all are kind of looking at shifting a little bit from what you'd originally done? We had gone through with our original GC and property manager. You know, we, we told them our budget. We looked at the project. They said, it seemed like what we could get done was doable. Then we did a second walkthrough. You know, it turned into, eh, you can probably get done like 80% of what you wanted to based on this budget. And then after the falling out happened with the boss, it turned into like, you could probably get done 60% of what you want based on this budget. So that's when we knew there might've been a conflict of interest uh, and, the, and the tone had changed a little bit. I went to some, some real estate forums. I started looking for a property management company, found one. They were, they were only a few years old, but they had scaled up to, I want to say 2000 units pretty quickly under management. And so I set up a meeting, went and met with them, young guys, really enthusiastic. They wanted to be a part of what we were doing. And one of their key selling points is that they have in-house electricians, plumbers, HVAC. And the idea was, these are the things that people need repaired the most. If we can just make a little bit of money, we can provide the service to our clients cheaper than outsourcing it and managing it that way. Seemed like a great, great pitch. And they also said they had a small team for doing rehabs. And we said, well, we have five units that need to be completely gutted and rehabbed. It's still a fairly small property. It's two studios and, and three one beds. They told us they could do it, but they really didn't have the infrastructure to do it. And that was the problem. This became, I mean, there was a lot of things that were, that kind of went wrong with this, but the first being that because central Pennsylvania is a little more relaxed, our GC never pulled permits and we didn't know that. We, you know, he, we had, we had met with them for the first time on like a, a Thursday or something like that. And, you know, the guy, the GC was like, you know, I'm friends with everybody at Codes, like, I'll get these filed on Monday, but I can have a team in tomorrow to start doing stuff. And I didn't know how important that was. I was like, cool, yeah, go for it. 
And it was like six or seven weeks later, like into the project that we were walking the property with uh, someone giving us a flooring estimate. And he took us aside. He said, Hey, I don't think you have permits pulled for this property. And I was like, what do you mean? Why would you think that? He's like, there's nothing in the window. And I don't know. I was new to this. I didn't know that you had to put in a, I thought that you got a permit. It was like anything else. You kept in an email, you put in a filing. I, I honestly just did not know. Sure. And that was a big deal that we didn't know about, but it led to the next big problem, which was that weekend, our hard money lenders, which were from Philadelphia, a much more strict place, were coming out to look at the property. In addition to us having, we had sent them a checklist of things that had been done that we were told were done. When we arrived, they not only saw that a lot of these things weren't done, but that the they recognized that there were no permits pulled. So this resulted in the following Monday, us getting a letter from their lawyer that, like a demand letter, that you need to accomplish these 20 things or we're going to foreclose on the property. It was going into Christmas. They did not celebrate Christmas. So they did not care about the, the, that being a hindrance. We managed to get everything done in like 10 days. And then they still said, we still went out of this property. Oh, wow. So we had, you know, we've now already gone through a property manager, GC. We're with this new company. We now are losing our hard money lender, which I've never even heard of happening before. Um, and, and so, you know, at Christmas time, we had to get a whole new hard money lender. They were private guys. There were three guys that were all on separate islands with their families, all needed to wire money to, so that we could get this, this original hard money lender out. And, and that was just, we didn't like, we just had no idea that that something, you know, I know that you can get into real estate and not know anything about plumbing, electrician, uh, construction, and you can learn along the way. But like, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm very aware of that. And I still didn't know to ask. I know, you know, you, you've looked at a bunch of books, you know, you're on the, the different forums for real estate. How much of this stuff do you feel like is out there that you could possibly learn by hearing about and seeing other people's experiences versus just going through the school of hard knocks and kind of falling forward, if you will? I just think there are certain things that you that you're not going to know until you've done it. So I've gone through this project, and and you know what what I do on the podcasting side now is I'm a, I'm a podcast booking agent for over 15 real estate investors. I've done a project myself, but I've still never actually bought a house myself. My partner did that; he bought the property, mm-hmm. and so I know all of the theories and all of the the game plans that people use to to go through a whole bunch of different types of real estate. I've been doing I've been listening to this stuff for years, but I myself have never actually gone to the closing table and done the paperwork. And that's just one of those things that like, until you do it, you don't actually know. I'm not saying that you're, that you're going to get a hiccup at the closing table if you've never done it before, but there are little things out there that you just don't know. I, I also didn't know that I needed to tell the plumber for this company, Hey, this water has been off in these units with, with galvanized pipes and they turned it back on and it rusted through and started raining water down three stories for weeks before we knew. I didn't know I needed to tell their plumber that. I learned it from the plumber that fixed the problem. If you're going to get into it, it is helpful to have like some type of mentor that's at least done it a little bit before. Even if you're going to take on the responsibility yourself, having, having some guidance would be great. And we thought we had guidance with the people that we signed up with. We know we explained to the owner our situation. I don't know if their employees knew that we were relying on their guidance. So that's one thing that like I like to recommend to people now is it's okay 
to surround yourself with people to help you, but they need to understand just because it's obvious to them doesn't mean it's obvious to everybody else. Well, and I think that's a, a crucial point because I think a lot of us are out there. We're reading the books. We're listening to the podcast. We're on the forums and we have a lot of theory, right? We see people doing the deal. We, we, we understand what they've gone through, but to the point you're making, it's a lot different when the bullets are flying past you and you're in the, in the weeds and you're dealing with this kind of stuff. Cause it may not match up exactly to the, what they went through and, their exit may have been a little bit different than what you need to exit on. And your problem, Mm -hmm. while it may be a plumbing problem was a little bit different than their plumbing problem. And until you get that experience and go through more and more and more deals, you just got to learn on the fly. So we're big advocates on the show of definitely either hiring a mentor or getting into a mentor group somehow, some way and learning from other people's experience and being able to have somebody you can bounce some ideas off of and say, Hey, this is the situation I'm in. What do I need to do? I'm buying this, this property. What are the first steps I need to do? What am I not looking at or seeing? Or partnering with somebody and having someone on your team that has that experience can bring that experience to help you in those situations. So mm-hmm. uh, no, I think what you're talking about is absolutely crucial. There are so many people out there that we see that they're ready to jump in but they don't have that background. And it's honestly probably going to cost them a whole lot more uh, on repairs or delays or whatever it may be, rather than having partnered with somebody, maybe giving up some equity in the property or even hiring somebody to, to help mentor them. Right. And, and, you know, one of the other reasons why we end up losing that hard money lender was because we didn't entirely appreciate how important a draw schedule is to somebody. And what I mean by that is, They'd given us a draw and it was supposed to go towards a certain amount of work. We sent them an itemized list of what would happen first and, and, you know, in order. And then we realized it's Labor Day. There's great sales on appliances. It might be premature. We don't need the ranges yet, but let's go, let's go get these savings and buy these appliances. And first off, that was a mistake, just having five ranges sitting around a construction site. We didn't get that part. That was just stupidity. But we thought we were making a financially responsible decision, not realizing we are being financially irresponsible with the hard money lenders money. And so part of their decision was actually that they felt that we were being irresponsible and not being forthright with how we were spending the money when we thought we were saving, <laughs> we, we thought we were doing a good thing. And, and so that's just like, I can, to your point about theory, I can know what the processes are. I don't entirely know why they're that way. I don't, I, I know that we use draw schedules to, to manage contractors so that money doesn't go out prematurely and then run off and stuff like that. But I really just did not think that it would matter. As long as the money we were borrowing from them was the same in the end, I didn't think they would care that we went and spent a couple thousand dollars on ranges. You yeah, know? Money's, money's money, right? Yeah. But in those instances, it's a lot different. You have to manage it a lot differently. Spencer, I, I absolutely love what you came on and talked about today. I, I honestly can't thank you enough because I think there are a lot of people and hopefully they're listening to the show, but there are a lot of people thinking about this, trying to get in, falling forward, if you will, you know, similar to what y'all probably went through. And they could have avoided some of this by partnership, mentorship, anything like that. So I, I honestly can't thank you enough for coming on board and talking about that and, and being open and honest about it. For those that want to work with you, partner with you, learn from you in the future, where's the best place folks can find you at? I'm on Instagram. It's just my name, Spencer Carpenter. My company name is outlieraudio.com. And you can find me at spencer at outlieraudio.com if you want to email me. 
Perfect. Well, Spencer, again, thank you so much for joining the show. I truly appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure t- chatting with you today. Thanks, Cody. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And hey, everyone listening and watching at home, we appreciate you and we'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.